God, you're awesome. Thank you for allowing us to see a new day, a day that we never saw before and a day that we will never see again. For that, God, we have a thank you on our lips. Thank you, God, for allowing us to be a part of your family. We're praying for those who don't have a relationship with you. Today, they will become a decided woman or a decided man because what heaven needs is more decided believers. And just like I prayed in private, I also declared in public, anoint me as your oracle, the soundtrack, the PA system of heaven. All of the study means nothing if you aren't magnified and if you aren't glorified. Also, God, we pray that our time of fasting and consecration was a sweet aroma in your nostrils because we're serious about this. And we're praying that 2024 will be the year of massive growth. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody who agrees to that prayer, would you say amen? All right, here we go. Everybody say, let's go. go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we are now continuing the plow with our brand new flammable, brand new sermon series that's packed with uncomfortable heat. (laughs) Our brand new sermon series entitled Firefighters, a series that has been designed and constructed by the Holy Spirit to, number one, heighten our discernment so that we are a people who could discern what is affecting and strangling our intimacy with Jesus. That's the whole purpose of this series. God is like, okay, as you start off 2024, I want you to have a series that's going to heighten your discernment so that you could see and discern what is affecting our relationship and what is strangling your commitment to me. And I want to let you know just in the introduction of this message, this word on today is going to hit real different. This word is going to hit different, especially for all of my recovering people pleasers in the room. Let me talk to you for a second. This word is going to hit different for all of my recovering people pleasers in the room who battle with living out this simple truth, and that is, it is okay to live a godly life that others don't agree with. Okay? It's a battle for some of us to accept this simple truth. It's okay to live a life that others don't agree with. Because the flickering won't agree with the rest of us who are on fire for the things of God. And that's okay. The inconsistent and people who constantly make excuses won't agree with the rest of us who are consistent and are committed. Those who compromise and settle won't agree with the rest of us who have standards and refuse to compromise because we have high integrity. Because watch this church family, high integrity always frustrates low character. Did y'all hear what I just said? We're preaching already. High character always frustrates those who have low character. High integrity always frustrate those who have low character. For those of us who work hard, we irritate and frustrate lazy people. (laughs) We frustrate you. For those who are sexually pure, we irritate the sexually immoral. 
It don't take all that. Nobody wait anymore. I need a test drive before I buy the vehicle. Nobody cares about that. You ain't never going to find a man with a body count that low. As though we're trying to marry you. You ain't never going to find anybody else like me. And that's the goal. That's the goal. We, we frustrate that. Those of us who are devoted and loyal, we frustrate opportunists. Because opportunists aren't loyal to anything that does not benefit self. I'm simply trying to get us to understand, if you are going to be oily, meaning walk in your anointing, walk in your assignment, if you are going to be oily, you must arrive to this place where you're not phased by the opinions or comment sections of men. Because whatever you say yes to, you're also saying no to something else. Did y'all catch that? Whatever you're saying yes to, you're also saying no to something else. So if you say yes to them, you could be saying no to obedience. So you're saying yes to them, but no to God. Because whatever you say yes to, you're also saying no to something else. If you say yes to toxicity and dysfunction, you're saying no to your peace and protecting your mental health. Because whatever you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. If you say yes to knuck and buck, and girl, I am not the one I am ready on today. If you say yes to that, then you are saying no to this fruit of the Spirit, self-control. You're saying no to this fruit of the Spirit, patience. You're saying no to this fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. Y'all should see y'all face. You're saying no to this fruit of the Spirit, kindness. Whatever you say yes to, you're also saying no to something else. And in my findings, I have discovered that the soil of people pleasers starts off as parent pleasers. <laughs> we, we're going to deal with that small therapy Thursday. Y'all make sure to watch online. But I'm just learning that the soil of people pleasers usually start off as parent pleasers. And I can't speak for anybody else besides myself, but I've arrived to this place where I don't want it to require pain for me to make adjustments. Anybody else? Like, let 2024 be the year where I'm enrolled in Wisdom University versus experience tuition. Like, I want to learn wisdom without being manipulated to learn a lesson. I want to learn wisdom without non-profitable pain. If I got to hurt, at least let it have a purpose. But not, I don't want to go through things because I was ignorant of it. I want to be able to have some wisdom. Part three, installment three of this series is going to hit really different because what I believe God has placed on my heart to edify us with this afternoon is God wants us to be a people who have insight. Insight. Hear me. The eyes in your head give you sight. But the eyes of your heart give you insight, meaning spiritual discernment. I've heard many sermons preaching to us about how to guard your heart and take these five steps if you want to set boundaries over your heart. That's great. That's biblical. That's Bible all day. 
I'm just simply attempting to articulate what if what we really need is more sermons that teach us how to see from our heart? Meaning, I need you to be able to discern when things have spiritual implications on your fire. I want us to see Bible where we can get this. Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the Apostle Paul puts it this way as he's conversing to the church of Ephesus. He says, I pray that the eyes in your heart may be enlightened. Notice, he didn't say, I pray that the eyes in your head. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Once you can discern from your heart, you will walk around with enlightenment because you have some insight. I remember I shared this two years ago in our Destiny Decisions series, this passage of Scripture where Elisha came out and he saw the whole town was surrounded by this army. And this servant came out and was like, okay, this must be the end. What we going to do? And he says, chill out, bro. More are for us than against us. I want you all to see this, this text. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he said, chill out, bro. <laughs> do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Watch this church. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Now, he must not be talking about his natural eyes because with his natural eyes, he can see they about to ride on us. He says, okay, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So he was terrified because of what he saw naturally in the natural realm. But Elisha said, God, allow him to see in the spirit realm. I taught us there are two realms, a natural realm and a spiritual realm. Nothing happens in the natural that doesn't first happen in the spiritual. It's likened unto, it is already one o'clock in New York, but it's still 12 here in Houston, Texas. So things that happen there happen at a different time than it happened here. Whatever happens here at Houston, Texas at 12 o'clock, it's still 10 o'clock in California because we have two different time zones. Does this make sense? So he says, okay, he's only looking at this through the natural. But if you allow him to see in the spirit, he won't be scared about what he sees in the natural because with the eyes of his heart open, he now has insight. Insight. What is that? It is the ability 
to be able to discern what is affecting your fire. And church, I've been praying for myself, and I've been praying for you. All this week, and I said, God, just like Elijah prayed, this is what I'm praying. Open our eyes. Open our eyes so that we can have some insight. Show us, God, the areas that's affecting our fire. What's affecting our worship? Show us. What's affecting our prayer life? Show us. What's affecting our peace? Show us. What's affecting our joy? Show us. What's affecting our zeal? Show us. What's affecting my children? Show us. What's affecting my commitment? Show us. God, give us some insight. Somebody say insight. insight. One more time, say insight. insight. Oh, I promise you, there are certain podcasts you wouldn't be listening to if you had some insight. <laughs> the ability to see how this is affecting your fire. You are more confused now than you were before listening to them. Because remember, I taught us that this is the spiritual weapon of mass destruction, microphones. The enemy is amplifying chaos, making it popular so that you're listening to something that causes for you to be more confused than you were before you listened to it. And just, I just want to ask you this question. If our God is not a God of confusion, but that leaves you confused, who's authoring it? <laughs> if we had some insight, insight, insight. Maybe you would stop drinking with them, smoking with them, going to happy hour with them, hot boxing with them, going to the hookah bar with them. If you had some, y'all talk to me, insight. The ability to discern what is affecting your spiritual fire. Can we talk? Y'all didn't say nothing. Can we talk? Okay, I want to help somebody who keeps on saying, man, how did I get back here? How did I go back to the very thing I said I would never do again? Anybody ever, like, pray, God, I ain't never doing this again? Most of y'all are holy. The rest of us, we have, myself included. God, I'm never going to do this again. And we find ourselves going right back, and we're like, God, I thought I was over this. I thought I'm free. I'm delivered. <laughs> what if, no, you're not delivered, it's just dormant. I'm delivered. No, it's dormant. And it just takes the right group of people. It just takes the right situation to resuscitate a part of you that's on life support that you're really ready to eulogize. It just takes the right group to say clear and it brings back the old version of you. Or let me put it this way. It just takes the right group of secondhand smoke relationships. Secondhand smoke relationships that become cancerous to the lungs of your walk with Christ. Insight. Insight. Oh, I'm about to get in trouble. Insight. Maybe we would stop viewing church, community, small group, sermon listening, or serving as optional if you had some insight. Well, I'm tired of this. I, I think I'm going to just... I think I'm going to just quit. I don't, I don't have to put up with this. Okay, please listen. Your gifts are not yours. Your gifts are not yours. So this means you don't have a right 
to decide if and when you're going to use it because it's not yours. Your gifts are for three purposes, the glory of God, the body of Christ, and to make room for you. Your gifts, they're number one, for God's glory, number two, for God's body, and number three, they will make room for you. So this is what happens when you feel like, you know what, I'm going to quit. Just because you feel like you have the right to quit doesn't mean you'll be right if you quit. In fact, you could be right on the brink of experiencing a miracle because the enemy could see in the spirit realm what's about to happen in the natural realm. And anytime you're close, you hear this a lot. Quit, 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 quit. Walk away. Quit, quit. Why? Because if you quit, you'll never experience it. Just because, thank you for the golf claps, just because you feel like you have the right to quit doesn't mean you will be right if you quit because your gifts aren't yours. The prophet Jeremiah felt the same way. He was like, man, I feel like God deceived me. Bible, you can see it. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, he says, but if I say I would not mention his word, or speak any more in his name. If I say I quit, if I say I'm done, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Let me give somebody a confirmation. The reason you feel so weary is not because you need a nap. You're weary because you're not using what God put in you. What the text just says, he says, I'm weary from trying to hold it in. Maybe this is why the vacation didn't work. The staycation didn't work. You nap two times a day. That still ain't work. It's because this weariness is a spiritual weariness because you're not being obedient and using the gift God gave you. What if we were to have some insight? Here comes your neck. Perhaps... You would stop sleeping with them. See how quiet? Ooh, online. Y'all should. It got quiet. Perhaps you would stop sleeping with them if you had some insight. She look good, don't she, bro? I know. 5'3". She thick, too. Curvy. She look good. He look good, don't he, sis? 6'4", washboard abs, he got a beard, his money right, yes, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he looks good with your physical eye, but oh, if you could see him in the spirit. If you could see her in the spirit, if God would do like he did for Elijah's servant, let me allow for them to glance and see in the spirit realm for a moment. You would see that they have a fine body, but they have a demon. You would see that you're having an orgasm exchange with the devil. Maybe that's why it's so hot. That went over somebody's head. But pastor, you don't understand, I, I could change them. Okay, God changes people, not you. And sex definitely ain't gonna change him or her. God changes people, not you. Hear me, church family. You cannot make somebody value what they already don't appreciate. Uncomfortable heat. I'm telling you prophetically, 
There's a couple, if y'all remove the sex and obey God, you will have nothing else in common. You have nothing else in common. And I'm telling you, it is better for you to be single and in God's will than for you to be in a crowd and going the wrong way. I know, I know we don't like it, but I don't preach for people's opinions. I preach out of obedience. I just feel like I put my foot on the gas here a little more. See, this is the problem. We keep on overestimating our spiritual strength and underestimating the power of the flesh. Man, I know the Word of God, I'm, and we're going to be straight. We have a Bible study. <laughs> the flesh will embarrass you. <laughs> I wasn't aroused before. The flesh will embarrass you. And see, we have to be honest enough to say, okay, I love Jesus, but currently I still like that. Okay, we don't have real over here. Let's try left side. Everybody's not here, but some of us, because you don't come to Christ and immediately all of your desires change. It takes sanctification, discipleship, holiness, fasting. Okay. Because you cannot hear me. You cannot improve what you don't acknowledge. Make sense? You cannot approve, improve what you can't acknowledge. I love Jesus, but I still kind of like that. And it's like, okay, this is why I give you a wilderness where I can burn up the have to and turn it into want to. Because freedom is not when you're struggling not to do it. Freedom is when you don't even desire it. It's when your taste buds have changed. That's, freedom is when you look back and say, God, thank you for getting me out of that. They fine, but they can't compare to my spiritual peace. God, thank you for getting me out of that. If we had some in sight, insight, insight. Perhaps if we could see what our prayers are doing in the spirit, I wouldn't have to preach and try to convince you to pray. Perhaps if we could see what our worship and what our praise is doing in the spirit, Tanisha wouldn't have to come up here and say, lift up your hands and give God some praise. TC wouldn't have to say, he's worthy, give God some praise. If you could see in the spirit how your worship and praise is breaking chains off your mind, it's breaking chains off your bloodline, it's breaking thought patterns from your mindset. If you are able to see, matter of fact, let's do this. How about let's give God a praise for the stuff we can't even see? The bullet that was supposed to take us out, we didn't even see. Give God a praise for that. The angels that were encamped about your house all night long, give God a praise for that. Give God a praise for the protection you don't even know about. This is personal. I'm giving God praise for the building I haven't seen yet. I haven't even seen it. We haven't had the closing date yet, but I give God praise for what I can't see. That takes maturity when you praise God for protecting me from danger seen and unseen. If we could just see what God is doing in this spirit. But hear me. Hear me, please. You can't keep the lungs of your walk with Christ, cancer-free, if you can't identify 
spiritual secondhand smoke. This is so good, y'all. You can't keep the lungs, meaning that's the purity, of your walk with Christ cancer-free, meaning not polluted by the culture and the world. If you can't see what is spiritual secondhand smoke, what does that mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Let me give you a definition. Spiritual secondhand smoke is to hold a chain that doesn't belong to you until you're entangled with it. This is so good, y'all. Spiritual secondhand smoke is to hold a chain that doesn't belong to you until you're entangled with it. You don't even recognize this is your ex-stronghold. They had the chain. You didn't. But you held it for so long until you're entangled with it. You don't even recognize that was that cult's chain. That wasn't church hurt. That was somebody who was using the Bible to abuse people and had a false prophet using you for a prophet. That was their chain. And now you're holding on to a chain that doesn't belong to you and now you are entangled with it. Let's speak around this thought from this subject for part three of our firefighter series, Secondhand Smoke. Secondhand smoke. I'm not the one who's smoking, but I'm affected because I'm surrounded by people who are smoking. Secondhand smoke. I'm not the one who's faithless, but my faith is starting to deteriorate because I'm hanging around people who are faithless. Secondhand smoke. I'm not the one who's a freak. But I'm hanging around freaky people. And it's causing for me to want to entertain some freaky activities. It's not my struggle. It's theirs. But I'm <coughs> hanging around it. Second hand smoke. Are y'all ready for this? There, there's really two biblical characters that I believe can greatly corroborate my claim. Let's go to Judges chapter 13. We're going to do a little hopscotch. Judges chapter 13, verse 5. We're going to see what the angel of the Lord tells Samson's mama before she's ever pregnant with them. Okay? Judges, Judges chapter 13, verse 5. If you do not have a tangible Bible, just look to the screens. It will be projected for you. The angel of the Lord says, you will become pregnant. So she's not pregnant yet. And have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb. Notice this once again. She's not even pregnant yet. Which means life does not begin at conception. It begins at ordination. Okay? Dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. I promise the repetition is on purpose. He will take the lead 
and delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Watch this. Judges chapter 14, verse 1. Just the next chapter. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Pause. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the Philistines. Next chapter. He wants to take the hand of a Philistine woman. The same people that he's supposed to be delivering people from, he wants them. So you're born to fight the Philistines, but you just love their women. <laughs> you're called to protect your family, but you're opening them up for warfare. Now, as I begin to read the story, because most of us just think it was Samson and Delilah. I'm trying to show you this issue existed before Delilah ever came on the scene. Not a devil, not a demon. We're exegeting the text. It doesn't say then the devil. It doesn't say then a spirit. It says he saw. So what is this? This is not a devil. This is not a demon. This is the secondhand smoke of his type. He's going around the smoke and <gasps> inhaling himself. I'll give you more of this. Judges chapter 16, verse 4. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Okay, so what I like to do when I read my Bible, I want to know where in the world... There you go. What's Sorek? So I, I studied, I got this picture just so you could see this map, okay, where you could see how it was, how the, how the map looked in biblical times. All right. So this is the Israelites. This is where the Philistines are, and the valley of Sorek is right in the middle. He ain't too Christian. He ain't too hood. He's right in the middle. She ain't too ratchet. But she's not too virtuous. She's right in the middle. Not too hot. But then not too cold. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. I'm not going to go all the way over there, but I ain't going to go all the way in the kingdom either. Because you know, we love Christian shades of gray. Not in the dark, but I'm not over in the light. I'm right in the contrast. Christian shades of gray. And I begin to dig a little deeper. The Bible never explicitly says she is a Philistine. Research it. She's in the valley of Sorek. It's just the Philistines were using her. Look, she's not all the way over, but she's counseled by this side. 
how to influence somebody who comes from that side. Is this making sense? See, it hits different when you can see it in the Bible that he was right in the middle. A woman who was his ruin was right in the middle. For all of my middle Christians, who are you entertaining that loves valleys? Because I don't want to be up top, but I appreciate the shade of the mountain. I appreciate the grace of God, the goodness of God, the patience of God, but I don't want to surrender to him. Who could I find in the valley? To add more to this, another biblical character that can greater complement my, my claim, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1, <laughs> King Solomon, somebody say the wisest man besides Jesus. Okay. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women. So we got the strongest man and the wisest man. Okay. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, the Moabites, Ammonites, Edenites, Sidonians, and Hittites, they were from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Look at the text. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast. Not that they held fast to him. Read your Bible. The Bible never says Delilah loved Samson. It says Samson loved her. Held fast to them in love. Don't intermarry with them. For they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, despite that biblical wisdom, he held fast what is secondhand smoke to hold a chain that does not belong to you until you are entangled with it. The Sidonians had a chain. The Edomites had a chain. The Jebusites had a chain. Solomon didn't. He just held on to it until he was entangled with it. Don't intermarry with them for they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Here's the question. What are you in love with that's turning your heart? Hmm. What are you loving that's providing you with secondhand smoke? Because watch this, church. Bad picks pollutes hearts. Bad teaching pollutes hearts. Bad company pollutes hearts. Bad associations pollutes hearts. You weren't that cold until you start messing with them. You weren't that fearful before them. Woman of God, you weren't that insecure until your ex said this. Man of God, you weren't that insecure about yourself until they said this. Because bad picks pollutes hearts. Bad counsel pollutes hearts. There is somebody right now under the sound of my voice. You have adopted a personality that is not yours. It was theirs. And you got polluted by their advice, their counsel. So you tried to do things that they like and they're not even called for you. 
So you lost you because bad company pollutes hearts. I'm preaching so passionately because I understand this simple, natural truth. Bad fruit spreads. Picture of this where you can see it. Bad fruit spreads. One is good. The other is barely touching what's bad. And because it's so close, because it loves Valley Sorek type relationships, because it loves cultural counsel, you're starting to get infected by your playlist. You're starting to get infected by your Netflix. You're starting to get infected. Y'all not talking to me? The Holy Spirit's doing something right now? And so you wonder why. Why am I not on fire for God? Why am I not producing this fruit? Why don't I have the fruit of joy? Could you be touching somebody who has a fruit of bitterness? Could you be following? See, some of us need to unfollow people in real life. Could you be following what's spreading to your lust? Here's great dating advice. If you're dating somebody, why not look who they follow? That's not judging. I'm observing. If everything is an IG model, that's like... If every IG model's like that, it might give you an observation of the type of fruit. There you go. Insight. Insight. Bad fruit spreads. As I'm trying to get us... No, I want y'all to see this. Because I don't think I'll get it. Okay. Remember, secondhand smoke is to hold a chain that doesn't belong to you until you're entangled with it. People I ask, I need y'all to come here where y'all can see how this looks naturally. Okay? Because I know there are a lot of people. Man, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but that, that did something to my heart. That kind of changed me. How can I move forward when they stab me in the back? The only way somebody could effectively stab you in the back is you have to be ahead of them in the area. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. How could I move forward after they stab me in the back? The only way somebody can effectively stab you in the back is you have to be ahead of them in some area, which is why your back is even available for them to stab. Okay? So, Dre, go over here. Torrance, go over here. And Amber, you just come right here. Somebody say secondhand smoke. smoke. All right, so this is my chain. But I'm a bad influence on Warren. So I I got some boys, bro, that I want you to meet. I got Torrance, he's my dude. Amber, she's my girl. Come on over here, introduce yourself to Warren. She hands Warren a chain. You see what I'm saying? No, you ain't going nowhere, We, we cool. We clicked up, we clicked up. Hand him a chain, Torrance. This is my circle. This is my circle. Come on, Dre. Hand Warren a chain. No, you, you're my boy. Hand Warren a chain. It's not Warren's chain. It's our chain, but we clicked up. <laughs> we're clicked up. So all we're doing is hanging together. And sometimes when I'm feeling this type of way, I got my dude who will come with me too because he's wrapped up with what I'm wrapped up with, 
Now, Warren, drop the chains. Leave us. This is what it feels like when the relationship's over, but the stronghold's not. This is so good. Yeah. You haven't talked to your mama in two years, but you're still affected by what she said in that conversation. Come on, Warren, leave us. Leave us. Look at the process it's taken for him to try to leave us, and he's no longer holding the chain. I'm not bound with that. No, you're not. We are. But since you're hanging with us, what we are chained up with, he's affected by. Now, that little struggle that Warren was doing to get it off, that could take three years. I just did a whole timing series. See, he did it in like a few seconds. But sometimes it could take a decade. For, for you to try. Now, remember, I'm the one that met Warren, and I introduced him to my friends. Now, y'all leave me. God is calling you higher. Torrance, you can go ahead and go. Don't help her, Dre. What you doing? <laughs> you got to work out your own salvation. <laughs> Don't expect me to come back and heal you. I'm not coming back saying I'm sorry. I'm not coming back to you and say I was wrong. You got to work it out for yourself. Sometimes the reason they come back is because the chains are now so heavy because I have nobody to share the weight with me. This is so good. So sometimes that, what's up, big head? Text. Sometimes that, hey, girl, what you been up to? That's really giving a chain back. Because on my own, it was so heavy. I'm trying to get us to get this. Secondhand smoke is to hold a chain that doesn't belong to you until you're entangled with it. Solomon held fast. You know what held fast means? Like, Amber, I was nice because I don't want this to go viral the wrong way. But it means I'm not letting this go. I could have had it where you're not going nowhere. That's what it means to hold fast. And I want us to visually see, y'all let go. Maybe your struggle is not yours, it's your cliques. Social sinning. You wouldn't do that if you didn't have that click. Now, y'all can leave the stage, thank y'all so much. Now here's, here's the danger. Have you wore a chain for so long that you call this your personality. <laughs> Mess them up, Holy Spirit. Give them revelation. I hear God saying this so clearly. This is them, not you. Go a little deeper. This is spiritual because you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There's something behind it that caused for you to be influenced with it. Which is why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 tells us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Somebody say, get it off. Get it 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. (laughs) All of these entanglements. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I get it. I get it. I get it. I can't run with chains. I can't run with perseverance with chains. So he says, throw off everything that's entangling you so that you can run with per nowhere in the bible is it going to tell you you're not going to see in the bible stand up to your flesh stand up to your lust it says run flee all you for lust and pursue righteousness pursue faith i'm running to so that i can run into this making sense so as i was Looking at this text, I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. God doesn't want us to wear chains that he already broke. There has to be a never going back in your heart. That's why we got the, got the red bands the first Sunday of this year. There has to be a never going back in your heart. I'm never going back to bedrooms without covenant. I'm never going back. I'm never going back to the vomit of settling because I viewed the first option as the only option. I'm never going back. I'm never going back to substance dependence. I'm never going back. It's that never going back that terrifies hell. And so as I was looking at this text, I saw something. The Philistines can't beat Samson. So they said, okay, we can't take him out. Let's Smoke them out. <laughs> Secondhand smoke. Hold a chain that doesn't belong to you. We'll use Delilah as secondhand smoke. If we can't beat you in warfare, we'll affect your atmospheres. It's making sense. I can't stop him. He's too strong. Good with fighting, bad with relationships. Let's use his patterns and his tendencies to cause for him to choke on the secondhand smoke to such a degree where we could defeat a man that's stronger than us and we couldn't beat him if he didn't have her. This making sense. I really want to help us, y'all, whatever it takes for us to get it. So I want us to understand there are really like four categories, four categories of relationships or of secondhand smoke that can affect our fire in a positive way, somebody's increasing your fire for God or putting out your fire, all right? We have destiny, injury, history, or liability. Take whatever you need to do to get this because it could help. When you form new relationships, you should ask yourself, is this a destiny relationship, injury relationship, history relationship, or liability. I'm going to explain each one. Destiny, those are people who assist the new you, but they still have faults. They still have faults, which is why, I don't have time to read it, I'll do it next week, which is why in one moment, Jesus tells Peter, blessed are you, Simon, for God revealed this to you. And then a few chapters later, he tells Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I know Peter was probably feeling himself. When Jesus was like, who do you say that? Man, you the Christ. He's like, blessed are you. 
God revealed this to you. Hey, John, you heard that? <laughs> Blessed am I. <laughs> and then when Jesus is saying, I got to go to Calvary, I have to get crucified, he says, never, Lord, depart from me. Get behind me, Satan. Man, I'm <laughs> one moment, God was talking through me. The next moment, the enemy was using me. You've arrived to a place of spiritual maturity when you can recognize Simon from Peter. Yeah. See, some of us cut off people when you see a Simon moment. Simon and Peter is both in there. And Simon is critical for the New Age church, for the start of the first century church. Excuse me. When he first starts the church, the apostle Peter is critical. But in this moment, he was used by the enemy. But even in that, it was still out of love. Say, nobody going to hurt you. Everything is not somebody trying to hurt you. Sometimes you're so used to people hurting you that love feels like it's hurting you. Destiny. Then you have your injury. Y'all are compatible because of your wound. Both of y'all smoke weeds. That's what y'all got in problem. <laughs> That's it. Both of y'all think, oh, I'm in a dog, so y'all click well. Your injury. Or they cause an injury. Injury. Now, your history, the only reason you even answer the phone is because you've known them since fifth grade. But just because they've been in your history does not mean they're a part of your destiny. Okay? And what we have to do is when we recognize that they're not a part of destiny, stop calling it an injury, that they're no longer a part of your destiny, they're supposed to stay in your history. This makes sense? <laughs> Last one, liability. These are people, if you entertain, they can stop you. It's possible. If you entertain them too long, they can cause for you to be delayed to where God is trying to take you. So I'm going to give you four points, and then you're good to go, and hopefully your edges will grow back by next week. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Point number one, how do we stop entertaining secondhand smoke? Or how do I identify when somebody is a negative influence on my faith in Christ? Number one, flesh confidence. Flesh confidence. What does that mean? Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, we boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Now, context, he's talking about circumcision. Like certain people believe, okay, only in covenant if you're still getting circumcised. And the apostle Paul is like, no, it's circumcision of the heart now. We don't put confidence in that type of circumcision. We boast in Christ and what he did because we have a circumcised heart. Anybody who has confidence in the flesh will constantly try to appease your flesh. Man, we ain't going to do nothing. Ain't nothing going to happen. Oh, let me switch this whole sermon around. What if you're the bad company? 
What if you're the secondhand smoke? Why it always got to be them? Maybe we're the bad company that corrupts good morals. See, nobody's saying nothing. Okay. All right. Next point. Givers of 20, takers of 80. How to identify if this is secondhand smoke. Givers of 20, takers of 80. I begin to really evaluate and think this through this week. I've read this story several times, but I begin to wonder, what was it about Delilah that even though he knows that he's a Nazarite, he will go against everything for this female? I mean, what if she fulfilled 20? <laughs> what if he warred so much and constantly got abused to such a degree, to where one season in his life, her, his, his wife wouldn't allow him to go in the room because the father was in the way, but then Delilah would open up her room. I can't get it from my wife. I'm not saying it's right. Don't take this out of context. Pastor said it. No, it's not. But wisdom is when you ask, why? What? did he see? It's not that he's just stupid, because Samson wasn't just stupid. It's not that Solomon was just stupid. He was the wisest man who walked the earth outside of Jesus. What, what was it? Maybe Judges chapter 15, verse 1, it says, later on at the time of wheat and harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to visit his wife. He said, I'm going to my wife's room, but her father would not let him go in. I was so sure you hated her, he said, that I gave her to your companion. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her instead. Maybe. Just maybe. I can't get in her room, but Delilah will let me in her room. Just maybe. You don't know how to speak to the king in him, but Delilah does. Maybe you don't know how to love her like Christ loves the church, but Boaz listens to her. And so I end up entertaining. I begin to think the person who wrote Proverbs 31 is accredited to Bathsheba. Bathsheba is Solomon's mama. And she's telling him in Proverbs 31 what type of woman to look for. And she says this, a virtuous woman, who could find it? Could a lot of brothers settle for 20 because it's so hard to find the virtuous? Who could find it? Not saying it's right. But just maybe we are accepting 20 instead of trusting God with everything we have. Because every sin shows you an area that is not being met. Every sin, whatever the temptation is, I want to get high, is showing you you don't have peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You're pursuing the wrong avenue. It's showing you. 20 over 80. Number three, how do you know? If this is secondhand smoke, they keep you in warfare. You stay having hangovers with them. You stay getting arrested. You stay having a back door. Back door means if somebody's fighting, like I'll, I'll jump in for you, just in case somebody doesn't know. You stay having to ask God for forgiveness for the same thing every time you hang with them. 
They keep you in warfare. Judges 16, verse 12. So, so Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with the men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Judges chapter 16, verse 14. And tightened it with the pen. Again, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Judges chapter 16, verse 20. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. I'm like, bro, you ain't getting it. You got to fight with her. Maybe you need some insight. They keep you in warfare. And last point, they encourage you to veto spiritual convictions. They encourage it. If you're going to be on fire this year, we already on the last Sunday in January of 2024, already. The fall-off's about to start happening after Valentine's. <laughs> You'll start to get your bench back in the gym. It'll be open then. If, if you're going to keep the lungs of your walk with Jesus cancer-free, you've got to be able to identify secondhand smoke. An even greater, honest audit of your life, am I the secondhand smoke? Am I the one? Who is encouraging rebellion? Because if I am, I need God to change my heart. So God, in this moment, we ask you, give us some spiritual insight so that we could see what's affecting our fire, what's affecting our commitment, what's affecting our passion, because we desire to worship you. But God, the culture, the music, childhood, the ex, the pain, so many reasons on why we try to blame, on why we're not at the place that you desire for us to be at. And on today we're saying we're going to throw off everything that's entangled us and expose us, oh God, to what's keeping us from burning for you. We're asking that you do it in Jesus' name. And can I get everybody in the house to say amen? amen. Was this good for somebody?